Welcome to the Scottish Garden Podcast. I'm Julianne Robertson and this is episode 16, a chat with Sally Sillers, head gardener at Horatio's Garden, Scotland. Horatio's Garden, Scotland is located within the grounds of Queen Elizabeth National Spinal Injuries Unit at the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow. The charity Horatio's Garden works across the UK and it creates beautiful, accessible gardens in NHS spinal injury centres, helping to support the mental and physical rehabilitation of people adjusting to life-changing injuries. The garden in Glasgow opened in 2016 and it was designed by James Alexander Sinclair, who you may already know as an experienced journalist, broadcaster and RHS judge. During my chat with Sally, I ask her about James's design and we discuss his deep connection with the garden. She paints a really beautiful picture of the planting and the structures within the space and we discuss how important it is for patients as well as for staff and visitors to the hospital. Sally's passion for plants and the care that she has for the patients really shines out of this conversation and I hope you'll enjoy hearing about the really important work being done in this special place. To begin our chat, Sally tells us the story of how the charity Horatio's Garden was established in 2011. Horatio's Garden started in Salisbury. Um, so the name Horatio was, uh, comes from Horatio Chapel, who was volunteering at the Spinal Injury Centre in Salisbury. And um, he wanted to become a doctor, following his footsteps of his parents. And while he was volunteering in the spinal unit, he discovered that there was very little um, outdoor space for patients to access. And he got very passionate about this fact. Um, he's an outdoors equal sort of person and really couldn't understand why it was so. Um, so he wrote a paper, he looked at research, he championed the trust, he spoke to his parents for advice. And he then went on a summer expedition to Svalbard and very sadly, um, his life was brought to an abrupt halt. Um, his expedition was attacked by a polar bear, and sadly, Horatio died. In his memory, this wonderful charity has been created in 2013. I always get the date wrong. 2013, the garden in Salisbury opened, the Smile Injury Unit, designed by Cleve West. And then this garden was number two, and we opened here in August 2016. And this garden was designed by James Alexander Sinclair. Um, so the story of the garden lives on. There's 11 spinal injury units across the country. And currently we have five, if I'm correct, and another one in the making. So we cover the most of the UK. And the intent is that we will cover Belfast, Northern Ireland, um, Wales and Obviously, here is the main unit and right across England, which is fantastic. Brilliant. So about halfway there then in terms of having a garden in each unit. Yeah, completely. Yes. Um, so uh, we opened, I was just amazing, last year in lockdown, we opened the London unit in Stanmore. Um, and our gardens are supported by a lot of volunteers and 
to achieve that during lockdown was a huge monumental achievement. Um, so if we can do that, I honestly think, you know, no challenges beyond us now, which is, is great news. It's just be very positive for the future. Definitely, definitely. So tell me a little bit about um, your garden then. What was, what is James Alexander Sinclair's design like? Maybe did he have specific inspiration for what it was going to be like or a specific style of planting? If you can sort of paint a picture for us, for those of us who haven't. Yeah, I will do. Um, so every, uh, head, every <laughs> garden designer visits the unit and talks to everybody who's going to use it. So uh, he's talked to the staff, he's talked to patients, their families, um, anybody who's going to be impacted by that garden to get a greater understanding. So obviously with spinal injury, these wheelchairs and we wheel beds out into the garden as well. It means the surface has to be very smooth. Um, and the idea that it is accessible for everybody who's in the unit. So smooth pavements, um, very low gradients if there have to be a gradient at all. And planting-wise, James is very creative. He's made a beautiful, with two main areas of the garden, got an inner courtyard, which is overlooked by the wards, and it's the hub of the garden. So within that, James designed two, three little pods, we call them little garden rooms. So having these little spaces is integral to helping with rehabilitation. And one of those pods is a kitchen pod. So in normal times, we provide tea and cake. At the moment, it is used by the patients and they can make their own cups of coffee. Um, and having that little sense of taking self-control again, it provides opportunity for that. And that's probably the structural side. The planting, which is uh, something we're all very passionate about, is pretty magnificent. I don't say so myself. He's very clever. It's very seasonal. Um, interest is there throughout the year so obviously patients stay here for a long time on average about five months to stay some patients stay for a lot longer um, so providing something that changes throughout the year that still looks beautiful and engaging is really important so the inner courtyard starts with the tulip display which is just beginning um, and then it goes on to the herbaceous and goes all the way through and normally comes into its own about September it's quite a late garden it's very frosty it's quite cold um and it just builds and builds and builds and then i don't cut anything back it stays structural throughout the winter it invites wildlife in as well the birds love it and that stays all that way and i hang on to that point as long as i possibly can it's very organic the process of what we do and i love the process of reading a garden and looking at what's ready to do when and i love that style of gardening it's very connected with what happens seasonally and every year is different. So that's the inner courtyard. So we've also got the woodland garden and that runs all the way along the rehabilitation ward. In fact, all the wards have a view out to the garden or a border of the garden. Um, and this is planted with silver birch. So beautiful multi-stemmed birch trees that are absolutely huge now. I was going to tell you the height, but I don't know. <laughs> They're so tall. They've grown so well in the what coming up to five years now yeah. um, and it's underplanted with bulbs uh, so that kick starts with the crocus um, which I'm quite surprised how many we have this year because we've had a squirrel who I was quite convinced had eaten them all <laughs> but he quite possibly replanted some I'm saying to he it could be a sheep <laughs> and uh, then the colours build so we've got wooden enemies um, we've got nemoroses We've got, uh, what else have we got? Uh, 
tulip patekistana. We've got a variety of narcissi, and it's just the right of colour at the moment. It's beautiful. Mm. And again, herbaceous plants that come through. So that woodland garden has a winding path which invites you to move through it. So that's perfect for learning wheelchair skills. Um, and we've got a play area. So when families are allowed back in, they're just starting to come back in for a short time, then the children have a focus, which is lovely. Because obviously if you've got an injury and you've got your kids and you can't see them and you want to see them and they're on the wards, actually children and hospitals, it's not the best combination. But having a focus where you can take them you can be taken out in your bed if you're injured and you can sit and watch them play, which is fantastic. Mm. And next is the greenhouse, which is literally where I'm sitting talking to you today. And this is more in the activity area. Mm. So this is probably my favourite part because I, as a horticultural therapist, I love engaging the patients in activity. They're all garden related. Um, the greenhouse is full of it's not a huge greenhouse and it is literally full of chilies tomato seedlings all sown by patients and some of the volunteers as well um, and I think potentially we've got a bit of a fundraiser going on here as well because the staff are always looking for a few plants um, and we will sell those and plant them in the garden and it's using the horticultural therapy metaphor process which is just wonderful it's very subtle caring for a plant encourages you to reconnect with your self-care uh, there's a mindfulness process um, there's so many things I can talk to you about about the therapeutic <laughs> side of growing um, but as a gardener and if you're a gardener I think you'll understand that we all have connected much more during lockdown than we ever had and then if not finished I'm sorry <laughs> then beyond the greenhouse we have just started to build a garden room now this is going to offer me a dedicated space bigger than the greenhouse, where we can run our art, creative, craft, all sorts of activities. It means now we can link with all the patients in this space. And whether it's one-to-ones, supported with volunteers in social spaces and teams, we can do all sorts. And as lockdown eases, again, that social ability is just going to be so important going forward. Reconnecting people to people is going to be quite key. Hope you're enjoying my chat so far with Sally Sillers from Horatio's Garden in Glasgow. Unfortunately, at this point in our chat, the internet gremlins paid us a visit and our Zoom connection dropped, a problem which is now sadly well known to many of us. However, we were soon up and running again and when we picked up our discussion, I asked Sally to tell me more about the ongoing relationship of the garden and its designer and whether James Alexander Sinclair likes to come back and visit the space he created. James does, um, and I'm really pleased he does. Um, what he's discovered by creating this garden is that he has got a special connection with it. Um, he says it means so much to him to see the impact it has. He designs for big houses and maybe for smaller numbers of people. And he said this is the first garden he's designed that has such a massive impact on the people he's designed it for. Mm. Um, and it's lovely when he comes back. He's such a wonderful character anyway. Um, he's very inspiring to work with. And he's also very funny. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we love here. We love having a good laugh. It's really part of what we do. Um, and there are tears when he comes back to the garden. Um, it does blow him away. And actually, it's lovely to see. Um, yeah. 
and uh, somebody with a huge sense of humor that getting so emotional is just it's lovely he's a big soft thing really he won't mind me saying that (laughs) (laughs) and you're saying he's got some plans to add add to the garden then is that right so yes so the garden room has meant that we've had to remove two very big trees um, which were just too risky to keep they're very they're black poplar which are very brittle not a good idea to build a glass room underneath a huge tree so he's going to bring new trees into the design which is lovely um as yet I don't know what they're going to be but it could be the birch trees to emulate what we have at the top of the garden um and he's going to raise the soil up so we're going to have huge banks of earth that um soften the view I think that we need um by doing that it means anything we plant comes on very quickly we didn't do that when we created this end of the garden so it really is establishing it as something quite different um, and beyond that there's a physio garden where patients can use the garden as part of their rehabilitation with the physiotherapists um, and that will interconnect that part of the garden with the rest of it and it'll look much more complete I think than it ever has done um, so at the moment we're in a bit of a holding pattern and we're just desperate to get that done yeah yeah Well, it sounds like the patients then, there's so many elements of the garden that are beneficial for people. So it's it's about doing some activity. It's about having a space to meet friends or family, but also to have space to, I guess, just to be uh, in solitude if you want and and to think and to just kind of um, enjoy a a peaceful space. Uh, Is that all fair to say? Most definitely. And you can't beat a garden environment, that natural environment, just to take a bit of mindfulness, a bit to just something to boost your mood. Mm -hmm. Um, Patients who've gone through trauma or spinal injury have a long road ahead of them. They are given medication that sometimes doesn't work. So it's a long process and it can be very depressing. Coming to terms with their new way of life means that you need that bit of mental space. And we offer that non-clinical environment for that ha- to happen. Um, we complement all the physiotherapy and hand therapy that goes on with the occupational therapy. We complement the clinical side perfectly, I think. Um, and the garden has attracted so much wildlife. Uh, I've really got interested in biodiversity and I was reading and listening to as much as I possibly can. And to garden as organically as possible um we don't use chemicals here at all it's a hospital environment so that's one very good reason why we don't and i think learning about biodiversity and encouraging wildlife the good and the bad creates a better balance mm-hmm. and i always think that i'm just passing through here i'm just a caretaker for the garden and we want to sustain it for the future so i just feel that i'm a little part of that and if I can pass that on to the next person, whoever takes on, and I just can't walk anymore, then that's absolutely fine. <laughs> so obviously, um, you obviously love working there. You're obviously very passionate about it. What I mean, I suppose I don't need to ask what it is because it's connecting with what you, you really love, which is helping people and gardening, I suppose. I think it's right. I came to gardening quite late in life. I was trained as a textile designer. I watched that industry disappear. And reach the point, like most people in design at that time, what to do, retrain. Um, and I just looked very locally. It's quite 
lucky to have uh, SIUC Ockencrew nearby um, and I took a landscape management course knowing I had my design ability that maybe I could complement with horticulture but being brought up growing food um, my grandparents had an amazing garden um, we were in the Midlands where I'm from and they always had little bits of Scotland throughout their garden I was always fascinated as a child where that plant came from or that little tree so they would always be connecting collecting bits and pieces of their holiday and bringing it back. And I think that must have stuck with me. <laughs> and I've ended up in Scotland and I've been here years and I absolutely love it. It is home. Um, and I don't think we have a better environment here for growing. Yes, it's late and yes, it can be challenging, but it is, uh, it's a fantastic place to be and I love it and I love the people here. Yeah, of course, of course. It's it's all about the people and the environment, isn't it? And it is it is very special. And I think um yeah, once once you know your conditions, then you can grow whatever you like in Scotland, really. I mean, you just need to make a few tweaks. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and be more tolerant of a few losses as well, occasionally. <laughs> oh yes, very patient, very patient. But never give up, I think is the rule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, good <laughs> So um the patients and perhaps even the staff that use the garden then. Do you find that a lot of people maybe find themselves uh, an interest in gardening or nature awakening in them at the same time because they they maybe haven't been exposed to so much outdoor um, uh, enjoyment before or or they haven't been exposed to gardening itself? Yes, most definitely. Um, There's a lot to begin with, obviously, when we opened, there's a lot of curiosity from the staff. Um, Maybe not all of them understood what the benefits would be. And obviously, during the last year, Having the garden has meant so much more to everybody, including and especially the staff, um, having that outdoor space to escape to. Um, the same for patients. Obviously, when you know we've just started to have relatives visiting again, uh, they've not had that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So um, bringing interest and activity in, but also for them to be able to get out into the garden has really helped. It's not. It's been tough for everybody, but it's been extremely tough for patients who cannot connect with their relatives at all um, it's been hard um, but the staff now say which is lovely that they can't imagine the garden not ever being here um, they sit outside for lunch they go for an extended way round to their route so they can go in and through the garden or through the courtyard um, and when it, the sun does come out here it's magic absolutely magic mm-hmm. um, the space means we can do activities while social distancing. So that has helped. And obviously being outside is a plus at the moment. Um, I have yet to put my gazebo up, but once that goes up, normally it goes up for this weekend for Easter. And um, we'll see. Um, that marks the sort of the point where everything starts to happen, which is lovely. Yeah. It'll be a bit more gentle this year, but we will do something. We will celebrate Easter. Yeah, yeah. And for the patients then who maybe do find that they want to continue gardening once they leave the unit and they go back home, I imagine you you are probably quite helpful in empowering them to do that because, of course, you don't have to be 100% able-bodied to garden. And, and that's something that's really important, I think, to, to, to raise um, the profile up as well, the fact that adaptations can be made and gardening is for everyone, no matter how what age, ability, background or whatever, right? Yes, without a doubt. Um, we do a lot of signposting. So uh, if a patient is particularly interested in gardening, then we will reconnect. Um, what I tend to do is find out what their interests are, because obviously everybody has their thing. 
Um, for an example, there's a patient here who he was just very down. And when I spoke to him, he said he'd normally be in his garden planting his potatoes. So we had a discussion. I found out what varieties he normally grew and I quickly went out and bought them <laughs> and some potato sacks and we planted those potatoes and um, he nurtured them. He brought them on. He was just so proud. Um, what I would try to do with everybody is to encourage them to take a plant home with them, but it's not always possible. Mm. Um, this gentleman happened to live right at the north of Scotland, like as far north. <laughs> and we didn't think it was going to be possible until a volunteer just happened to mention they were visiting that part of this country to see their family. And I sort of tentatively said, could you and would you take up some of the bag of potatoes? <laughs> you know, fully growing and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And we did do it, we managed it. Um, I think the patient was actually quite blown away that we went <laughs> to the effort. But sure. just to keep that connection is so lovely. And another loved his um, annuals and he loved growing Livingston daisies. I don't know if anybody's ever grown them. You get a seed packet and you can get a million of plants, um, which we did that year. Mm. We were giving them away constantly. Um, <laughs> but it was lovely because it's almost like you know, it was part of him, you know, it was still here even when he went home and he took some plants with him. And we filled the garden that year. It was lovely. Um, and yes, I'm growing them again this year. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody can't grow things at that moment in time, we'll pack them off with some seeds and then hopefully they're there when they're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge step from here to home for a lot of people. Uh, but I think to continue the story that bit of reminder that actually they can do when they're ready to and a seed packet will do that which is really nice yes I love that the the units obviously preparing people physically to to you know to get better and to go home but also mentally and and in in the case of giving them an interest in and something that will help their well-being as well it's you're really holistically I guess equipping them to go back into their lives again yes yeah, yeah. I think it helps complete the full care package here. I think it's it's quite unique. It's a national unit, so patients are coming from all over Scotland, from the Highlands and the Islands, as I said. So um, the different growing conditions are very interesting. What people like to grow, but I love even more connecting somebody to gardening that has never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, at the moment, are quite considered you know if there's somebody who's interested in gardening then there are us to work with but actually I'd rather somebody wasn't so interested in it but would come and try the activities just to have a go mm-hmm. and then discover this new world of growing and what it opens up to them I think that that's quite exciting when that happens yeah was Sally Sillers from Horatio's Garden Scotland. I hope you'll agree that was a great chat about this very special garden and the impact it's making on the lives of people who find themselves in the spinal unit at Queen Elizabeth University Hospital in Glasgow. Thanks to Sally for taking the time to describe the garden so beautifully and to tell us all about her work there. If you want to support Horatio's Garden there are many ways you can do that including fundraising, donating and volunteering. So if you want to find out more, you can visit the website horatiosgarden.org.uk to find out all the ways you can contribute. As always, I'll put lots more details about my guest and her garden in the notes for this episode. 
Do join me again soon for the next episode of the Scottish Garden Podcast. For the next few chats, we're going to throw the spotlight on sustainability. So keep an eye on social media for more details very soon. Until then, be happy and well in your garden. Goodbye.